everybody, welcome to a new episode of Ryan Cinematic Obsessions, and today we are going to be talking about the horror movie season, and leading up to it. So if you can't tell by my series of episodes that I've done so far, Horror movies are a big part of my film-loving life. It is actually one of the earliest genres, other than war films, that I fell in love with on my own. It wasn't just a genre that was on TV all the time when I was younger. These are things that I sorted out on my own. Friends introduced me to them, but it's been a big part of my life. Most of my short films that I've made in the past, uh, pre-YouTube, When I remade my own version of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre when I was very young. Uh, I will include YouTube links to all these that I talk about below. I did a homage to Night of the Living Dead on my YouTube channel. And that will be down below as well. So every time I've ever made a short film, it's always been influenced by horror movies. Whether it was like a... A dramatic kind of short. I used to do a lot of uh, short films for a church that I was a part of for a long time. And for like the youth group and the actual main church, I would do a lot of uh, just different videos on topics to show other congregations and all that stuff. Um, This was years back. And I did it with other film-loving friends. And there was a whole segment that I did like a whole Twilight Zone thing. Basically, horror movies have been a part of my life the entire, my entire life. And even so, when I would make church videos for like youth groups and stuff, it always had horror elements. When it was actually supposed to be uplifting and spiritual, I always had to sneak some of that stuff in. And so that was always fun. So this time of year, the beginning of September. We're not in fall yet. That's later in the month. But that's usually when I start pumping out watching more horror movies. I watch horror movies all year long. I love watching them all year long. But the volume of the films that I watch that are horror definitely go up around this time of year. Mainly, obviously, because of Halloween. Also, my birthday is in the end of September, towards the end of September, and I always get a bunch of horror movies for my birthday because I'm watch I'm getting them for the Halloween season. So a lot of like Blu-ray upgrades and stuff like that. So it's always been a big part of my life. So when I was younger, my Halloween, you know, my Halloween night and leading up to it was just consisting of watching things like Hocus Pocus and Beetlejuice. And when I got a little bit older, I would watch Casper, a lot of spooky type of stuff like that. But around the time when I was seven, eight, and nine, that is when I started watching actual horror movies on TV. As I've said in the previous episode in regards to Halloween, I had a friend that would introduce me to these films and I fell in love with the genre completely.
So this episode, I'm just going to be kind of going through. I'm not talking about every horror movie I've seen, all the horror movies I love. Just some select um, situations and select memories of little parts of my horror movie experience growing up. Just some stories, I guess I could say. So I'm not going to talk about the Halloween films, and I'm not going to talk about any more of the Ramiro zombie films, the original zombie trilogy before he came out with the other ones, because those will be, I'll be talking about those in future episodes, but also because I have talked about Halloween to death and I want to start bringing up some other, you know, first impressions and experiences of growing up watching these films. So I guess the first time, the first thing I'm going to talk about is when I turned I think it was 12 or 13. By this time, I had already been watching a lot of horror movies, mainly the big franchises, you know, Friday the 13th, Halloween, um, Nightmare on Elm Street, that kind of stuff. So my oldest brother, he's about 18 years older than me. He wanted to have like a little horror movie birthday party for me. And so had some friends over to his house. They spent the night. And we went to Blockbuster, and he picked out a bunch of horror movies for us to watch. Some were films that he had watched when he was younger and liked, and then some, I think, were just new watches. And one of them, was, which was the first one we watched, was Poltergeist. The second film that we watched was Children of the Corn. And the third film that we watched was Psycho. Now, get this. I had not seen Psycho, the Alfred Hitchcock version, at this point. I had already seen a lot of his films like Vertigo, Rear Window, but I had never seen Psycho. And he rented Psycho, the Gus Van Sant remake with Anne Heche and Vince Vaughn and Viggo Mortensen, William H. Macy. A film that nowadays is not really looked at in a positive light. I will always like it because of my experience of watching it. And that was my first psycho experience. So that that's always kind of funny. Like I, I'll tell people I saw the remake before I saw the original and I happen to like the remake. I don't own it. I haven't owned it in a while and I have not watched it a lot. I watched it this time and then I watched it a few years later. I have not seen it as an adult. So, but I, I like it and I have fond memories of it. The original Hitchcock film is an absolute masterpiece. So there's no denying that. So the first film we watched was Poltergeist. And I really, really loved it, watching it with some friends. And then Children of the Corn was a film that completely creeped me out from beginning to end. It is still the only time that I actually have seen the film. And it was just so eerie and disturbing and uh, the low-budget nature of the film it looked very low budget especially back in these days the vhs days so i actually have not seen it since i have the film on dvd um, i think i have actually two dvds of it and i still have not rewatched it maybe one day i will i've never been grabbed again to watch it like where i'm thinking oh i really want to watch children of the corn again because it affected me that much in that first viewing it just felt eerie and disturbing and uh just really dug it for what it was. And then watching Psycho, that was a, 
interesting because up until that point, I didn't really know a lot of Vince Vaughn. So I didn't have that preconceived notion for his casting of like the fact that he was just going to be a goofball or something. So I actually really liked him as Norman Bates, especially since he was my first Norman Bates. Uh, Anthony Perkins is five by far way better, but I didn't have a problem with um, Vince Vaughn, especially as, as a kid. And there's some differences. Obviously there's some things that he does as Norman Bates. That is not in the original film, but that night was really fun. In fact, that same night, um, no, actually it was the following year. We kind of had the same kind of night. My brother had a, we had a sleepover, a birthday party, and we rented The Exorcist 2. <laughs> now, that was an adventure because I had loved The Exorcist. Uh, Linda, Blair, Linda Blair used to have a TV show that she hosted. I don't even remember what it was called. I don't remember. I think it was maybe on the Sci-Fi Channel, but it was about real life exorcisms and stuff like that. I was obsessed with that show. I completely forgot what it was called. But um, I had read the book, The Exorcist. In fact, I got in trouble at school for, I remember in eighth grade, I had the book, The Exorcist. I actually got it right behind me on my shelf, the exact copy. But I got in trouble because my teacher uh, really thought it was a demon-possessed book, and she didn't want that anywhere near her classroom. And so I had to leave and put it in my locker, and it was my first time reading it. I ended up reading it three times over a few years because I loved it so much. And uh, so we watched Exorcist 2 and I was like, oh yeah, I can't wait to see what happens, you know, in the continuation of the original film. And what I got as a teenager, or as a young teenager at this point was one of the most weird and boring films I had ever seen to the point where I still have not seen the film since then. I've seen The Exorcist 3, really like it, and... The other Exorcist films I like, but I have not revisited this one. And I'm a huge fan of like Richard Burton. And even then, I, I just cannot get back to watching that film. And I don't know if I ever will. I mean, I'm sure I will. But I remember we were watching it upstairs at my brother's house, me and my friends. And like halfway through, we were like, this isn't anything like the original film. In fact, this is weird and it's actually kind of boring. And we actually ended up shutting it off. And then they went to sleep, and then I just finished it, and I did not like it at all. <clears throat> Which is crazy, because the only thing I knew about the film at that time uh, was John Borman, the director. You know, he had done Deliverance, and I like Deliverance, another slightly disturbing film. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I just did not care for The Exorcist 2. I really didn't. It really wasn't around this time period, but um, it may have been a few years earlier when I went to Blockbuster, and this was around the time that I started watching some Hitchcock films, and on those Universal Hitchcock VHS tapes, there was always these previews beforehand of other Universal titles, and one of the previews was the Universal Monsters um, series that they were re-releasing, like, you know, restored and stuff, and they were releasing it. And I remember thinking, oh, man, they, those films look really good. And they looked legit scary 
and I was just drawn into wanting to seek them out. And so the first one I rented, which began a whole new obsession, was Frankenstein, the original, directed by James Whale, starring Boris Karloff as the monster, Colin Clive, and a bunch of little other little bit parts of people, Dwight Fry, and like a completely awesome role is Fritz and Dwight Fry whenever he pops up in anything these days I'm like just drawn in he's such a great crazy great actor so my whole thing was okay I want to watch um, Frankenstein so I think my dad and everybody had gone to bed and I went into the living room which is something I didn't really do a lot of to watch these movies but I really wanted something I wanted to change it up a little bit I didn't want to be stuck in my room so I went in, put in the VHS tape, turned all the lights off, and started watching Frankenstein. And from the you know the opening shot of the film, not the introduction and not the credit sequence, but the opening shot takes place, you know, on top of a, a hill in a cemetery, and they're burying a body, a little funeral going on. You could hear echoes from people talking because it's obviously a film set. I I was just drawn in immediately. I was like, this is amazing. Now, there's no score for the film. So there was nothing really get my blood boiling and all that kind of stuff and get my tensions rising. I just enjoyed it for what it was. I knew that not all horror films were slashers or anything like that. Some are just horrific situations and... uh, you know, the horror, the actual horror, um, you know, definition is huge. But I knew these were still horror movies, even though I wasn't actually, like, scared the whole time I was watching them. Then I ended up renting The Invisible Man. That was another amazing film. I watched Dracula back then. Dracula was one that I really, 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 really liked, but I didn't love it. And even to this day, I love Nosferatu. I love um, Nosferatu, the Vampire by Werner Herzog. Love that film so much. That is actually one of my favorite Dracula films of all time. Um, and then even the Hammer Dracula films, the original uh, Dracula film that Hammer did is actually one of my all-time favorite movies. And I watched it so much over the last few years. I love it so much. And the Bella Lugosi, you know, the Universal Dracula is one of my least favorites, even though I still really like it. So those were the first three Universal monster movies that I watched. And then I just started renting movie after movie, The Mummy, and then all the other Mummy films that came out afterwards that Universal did that are not connected to the first movie. They all kind of were standalone, which I thought was pretty cool. And I like those movies. Those made for some fun fun viewings um but even to this day when i watch frankenstein the original frankenstein i just i have to shut all the lights off and get it get under the covers and just let it the atmosphere just take over and so the last part that i wanted to mention in this episode is last but certainly not least is my introduction and a nice little 
fun anecdote for the Friday the 13th films. So my introduction to the Friday the 13th films was I was down in Daytona at my mom's house. She was married to my stepdad at the time. And my stepsister and my brother and all of us, it was leading up to Halloween. I forgot how old I was. I think it was between, I was either, it was between 10 and 13, maybe closer to 13. But Friday the 13th was having a marathon on AMC at the time, or one of those stations at the time. They always have their annual Friday the 13th marathons. And Friday the 13th Part 3 was on. I had not seen any other film in the series, and we just started watching Friday the 13th Part 3. Lights were out, and I loved it. I loved every single second of it. To this day, it is my favorite Friday the 13th movie. And after that, it was really interesting because I was still too young to rent R-rated movies, but my dad let me rent them Like when I came back to Jacksonville from my mom's house because it's one of those things where Friday the 13th, Jason Voorhees, it's pop culture. It's like, so I was able to like twist, twist. I was not manipulative, but I was able to be really persuasive in saying, this is pop culture. Yeah, it's a horror movie. Yeah, it's rated R, but I could watch this. I've already watched a couple of them and I love Halloween. And so I was able to rent them. And I actually, over like a two week period, I rented like the entire Friday the 13th series at the time. Up until that time, it only went up to Jason Goes to Hell. Uh, this was years before Jason X or even Freddy vs. Jason or the remake. And I just, once again, became obsessed and started going down the rabbit hole of Friday the 13th movies. And even to this day, yes, the films are not masterpieces by any means. But I love and watch every single Friday the 13th movie. I love every single one of them so much for different reasons. Even ones that are considered bad, like Jason Goes to Hell or Jason X or Jason Takes Manhattan. I just devour those films. And I, right now, as I'm recording this, cannot wait to have a marathon of those films again this year. Like, I have to, I try to save that series for the Halloween season, but that is a series that I could watch anytime, anywhere. It doesn't matter. I love them so much. So now a little fun, little tidbit of info that's related, definitely related. So um, about 15 years ago, I worked at a local retirement community here in Jacksonville. And, you know, this had like a lot of retired military type people. That's kind of like what you get with retirement communities. Um, former CEOs of companies, that kind of thing. It was a very high-end retirement community. And it was one of the continuing care ones to where you can move in when you retire and basically stay there until you die because they have health centers and all that kind of stuff. So you can get like an apartment, a house, blah, blah, blah. There's a lot of them in Jacksonville and there's a lot of them all over the United States. And one of the residents that I took care of that I was really close to uh, still know their their order by heart. Still know their drinks by heart. Uh, I was really close to them. They used to get me birthday cards and Christmas cards and everything. Took care of them every day I worked. And if I didn't work, my close friend at the time, he took care of them when I wasn't there. And 
they were they were awesome. I always showed them my little short films that I make. I actually showed them the Friday the 13th one back in the day. Or not the Friday the 13th one, but the Texas Chainsaw Massacre one back in the day. And they loved it. They were probably like in their 80s. And they kept telling me, they're like, my son makes loves making movies with his friends too. And I was like, oh, that's awesome. And they're like, yeah, he'll probably be coming on Thanksgiving. Because we did this huge Thanksgiving feast for the residents. They would reserve their tables, wear ties and everything. Which they wore ties pretty much every night. And I was like, okay, cool. That Their son, you know, he's going to, I'm going to introduce myself to him. And it's going to be awesome. Um... So I was looking forward to that. He was coming in Thanksgiving, and they were telling him about me and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, okay, cool. Their son's going to come here, and he's just somebody who makes movies with his friends. And that's that. So as the days were going by leading up to that, um, I didn't put two and two together. And yes, I purposely have not told you guys who it is yet. And I was just thinking, okay, I got all my little videos ready. Like, I was actually going to show them all my videos during uh, Thanksgiving dinner, like all my short films. And Thanksgiving Day came, and they were like, oh, um, they were like, Ryan, come here. I want you to, I want to introduce you to my son, Steven. And then I just put it together. I put two and two together. The couple's last name was Minor, and they had a son named Steve. Steve Minor. The director of Friday the 13th 2 and 3 and Halloween H2O. Um, he was he worked closely with Sean S. Cunningham and Wes Craven for like a... Um, dang it, I'm having a brain fart. Um, Last House on the Left. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. So I told him about everything. Um, he was there the next day. He told me he was going to be there the next day. So I talked with him and stuff for a while. And then the next day I brought my Friday 13th part two DVD in and he signed it and everything. And then he wrote me a note on one of my little, little order taker papers. <laughs> um, and I actually still have it to this day inside that same, um, set. And I was blown away. Because leading up to this point, um, they would tell me that, oh yeah, our son Steven, he's making a some zombie movie right now. And, you know, he's into all that crazy stuff. And he just loves making movies with his friends. Thinking that somebody that they were talking about was like my age, that kind of thing. Turns out he was actually making the remake <clears throat> of Day of the Dead that had Ving Rhames in it. A movie I really don't, didn't really care for. But that's what he was making at the time his zombie movie, his violent zombie movie. And uh, yeah, so his dad was in the military, a very high-ranking officer, and his mom was a film librarian. And that was one moment that I will always cherish. And so I'm every time I watch any of the films, I'm like, oh, I met Steve Miner. I've met Steve Miner. I was close with his parents. Uh, I doubt he would even remember me to this day. Eh, who knows? He might. Um I'd be like, hey, remember me from so-and-so? <laughs> that was a very awesome experience. All right, 
everybody. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Leading up to the Halloween season, other than my regular weekly episodes, I'm going to be doing just random little horror-themed episodes like this where I'm just talking about some of these horror movie experiences. Hope you guys enjoyed it. I'll leave a couple links down below to the little short films that I made so you guys could see it if you're interested. Also, you could follow me on Twitter. Be sure to check me out. Thank you guys so much for watching, and I will hear you. <laughs> I will talk to you guys in the next episode.